Hello, All Beer Inside listeners. We here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear rolls. This is the audio from episode 146 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on September 9th, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we are in South Burlington, Vermont, and joining me is Jack from Weird Window Brewing. Yeah, how's it going? Good. Thanks for coming Thank in. Thank you very much for hosting us today. Absolutely. I really appreciate anybody who's willing to take time out of their very busy schedule to speak with us about yeah. their passion, their brewery, and everything they enjoy about the craft craft industry. Yeah, I'm glad you can make it down from uh, from up, up north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, Vermont and Ottawa for us is like it's either two hours west or two hours south. <laughs> so, it's super there easy you to do. Uh, you brought me out some delicious looking beers here to try. Uh, what am I going to be? So uh, we'll start with the first one. Yeah, so it is labeled one. Uh, so that's our Down and Clear. It's okay. our you know American Lager. Uh, just super easy drinking. Kind of what what we uh, people ask with like you know oh I don't I don't really drink craft beer. College kids come down with their parents for graduation. Oh my dad only drinks Bud Light. Well here we go. Awesome. Cheers. You. A toast. It's always. An easy way to tell how good a brewery is by how good the lager is, because it's oh, just. Thank you. I mean, there's not much, you can't hide much in a lager. Yeah, yeah. Super light, super crushable. Thank you. I could probably drink a bunch of those, no problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, depending on the alcohol percentage and if I'm driving or not. Right, yeah, I say, yeah. There you go. Enjoy responsibly. That, so this is, a, this is 5.86. Okay. So. Yeah, so it's not, it's not crazy. Not dark. crazy. It's, it's like maybe one or two, and, and then yeah. if you have to drive, take a break. So, perfect. Uh, so Jack, what's what's the beer story? What's the creation, creation so, of Weird Window? Kind of a long story. Um, my journey into into beer started. I was I went to college in upstate New York at St. Lawrence University, mm-hmm. um, and I met some uh, guys there. And my when I was a freshman, and they were home brewing in like their townhouse. They were seniors, and yeah, I started hanging out with them and learning how to homebrew there. And then that kind of just kind of took off. Through there, I homebrewed all through college. We, when I graduated, my now wife and I went out to Utah. I was homebrewing out in Utah as well, and then wanted to come back east. So, and I knew I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing in Utah, back in Vermont. And so I went to. Uh, I was talking to one of my best friends who was running a brewery out in California at the time, and I interned with him. And he was actually the guy that taught me how to homebrew in college too. So he's, I got to see the homebrew from him and then the production side of brewing from him. Cool. And then uh, we, I came here, uh, came to Vermont and was looking for brewing jobs. And there weren't really any you know, production jobs, but I ended up getting a job on the Otter Creek packaging line. Uh, I was on the packaging line for about three months and then went into the cellars. Uh, I was in the cellars at Otter for a year and a half, two years, went from the cellars to the brew deck. I was a brewer at Otter for about a year with the last nine months as a lead brewer down there. And then left Otter and went to Frost. Okay. I was the brewer at Frost. And now we're here. It's quite the journey. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's been, it's, I mean, I've been able to see everything from stovetop home brewing to 120 barrel brow con. It's crazy. Like, you know, my, my nephew's at points, he's like, oh, maybe I'm going to get into brewing. I'm like, kid, just start as a keg washer. And some guy will just be like, hey, want to learn? And grab you under his wing and it goes from there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's always an initial somewhere to start in the brewing industry, whether it's washing kegs or on the production line, putting stickers on cans. Right, it's, yeah. There's, 
you always need those people to, to help you to start. And then at some point it's, hey, you want to learn to brew? You want to go there? And that's your journey. Sounds like it's exactly that. What yeah. It was. Yeah. So. I've been, yeah, I've been kind of lucky that like how I kind of got into it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I got to learn from some incredible people. And so it was cool. Yeah. It does sound like quite the journey. I mean, Otter, Frost, those are, you know, names that even I recognize as a Canadian <laughs> craft drinker. It's, yeah. They're yeah. up there. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's pretty unique though. Utah is more of a kind of like a dry state, isn't it? A little bit. There's, um, there's definitely some different liquor laws. I was, I was actually a ski patroller there. So I wasn't even brewing there. I was just doing home brewing there. Mm -hmm. So I was doing something totally different, but it was, uh, you can buy like, they've actually changed the laws since I left. But when I was there, it was, you could buy 3.2% beer in gas stations and grocery stores. And you had to go to the liquor store to buy high full test beer and anything on draft had to be 3.2%, but wow. they've changed it since I left in 2014, yeah. 2015, but yeah. Yeah, cause you'll, you kind of just hear always the old rules, like where I'm from, it was a dry, where I live, it's a dry, it was a dry county for a hundred years. Oh, wow. So it was, if you want to drink a beer, you got to eat a hot dog. And now uh, coming on 10 years next year, it's like, oh, we had our first microbrewery and now, oh, they are successful. We can open a, a kind of a tapas, with alcohol and that's you cool. know it, yeah. it snowballs to it's not cheap to drink craft beer right it's you, you don't have your your old especially where i live you know poorer people before the gentrification that's starting to happen <laughs> uh just getting drunk ahead of craft beer bar and getting into fights it's, right it yeah. just doesn't it's very rare yes i've yeah. seen maybe you know i've been drinking craft beer for 15 years i've seen maybe four fights ever and there's probably stuff that escalated beforehand to right. go yeah, that exactly. it's Exactly. I'm sure you, I don't know if you've had those kind of nights here. No, yet, we, but. you know, we, we close at eight where, yeah. you know, we're very lucky. The people that come in here are awesome. And, you know, we, yeah, we yeah. haven't had any issues. We close, close early. You know, we're not kind of a nighttime yeah. bar hangout. It's preparatory. Right. Uh, I mean, for sure, you know, it's kind of industrial with residential at the same time. I'm sure the locals, when they saw a new brewery, just step up, let's yeah. go, let's go. Yeah, so. it's, 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 been, it's been, the response has been great. You know, I mean, coming out of the pandemic and not really being able to have the bar open for the first little bit and then close and then open, it's, you know, so it's, we're getting there, you know, slowly gaining some traction, but you yeah. know, that stuff doesn't happen overnight, so. Well, I mean, geez, uh, June 2020? July. July 2020. July. Yeah, so, so we. It's. Originally, when we were under construction, our target to open was going to be March 2020. Okay. And luckily, we missed some uh, we missed some construction targets. Otherwise, I would have had beer in the tanks and everything yeah. when they shut down. So we missed some construction targets, and we ended up finishing construction in April or May. And my wife and I were talking, and we're like, you know, we'll just wait it out. Like this, this they, they keep saying two weeks. It'll be <laughs> fine. We'll be good. And then it was like. <laughs> up two more weeks and then we kind of made the decision well we have to open we can't just keep sitting here so yeah. we started started brewing and ended up opening in july and then we closed in november and then reopened in may and from november to may we were doing you know growler sales can sales out of like just out of the mm -hmm. window here uh, and then oh, reopen in may real open the tap room in may of 2021 been going since then so it's yeah been, it's been an experience uh, Weird Window, pretty unique name. What yeah. made you decide that? And not um, kind of South Burlington Brewing or so, Ethan Allen Drive Brewing or so anything yeah, like so that? So yeah, so Weird Window, um, I don't know how much time you spent driving around Vermont, uh, but if you'd go, you know, especially up to Sugarbush or Stowe, kind of some of the older mm -hmm. homes here in Vermont, you'll see these crooked windows on uh, some of the older farmhouses. And when my wife and I moved here, we didn't know what they were called. They just kind of looked funny. We called them the Weird Windows. <laughs> 
And then when we were looking for a name for the brewery, we were talking to some of our friends. We wanted you know something connected to Vermont, but not like Green Mountain Brewing Company, because yeah. I feel like the coffee people might have had a complaint <laughs> or two about that. And then our one of our friends suggested Witch's Window Brewing. And we're like, what's a what's a Witch's Window? It's like, you know, the crooked, we're like, oh my God, the weird windows? Yeah. And so then we went with weird window because, you know, we're not pigeonholed into having like a haunted house themed brewery. Mm -hmm. We can play it up at, at Halloween and everything and have like, you know, witches, brew, porter or whatever. But for the rest of the year, we don't have to have everything Halloween themed. Yeah. So. Very cool. It, it's something that just clicked, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. matters. Yeah. Just kind of, we, because yeah. we were looking for names and we kind of found some that we, Kind of like, but weren't, and then just with that one, it just kind of clicked. Yeah. Um, I don't know, we can't, I probably can't get a video of it yet, but there, we do have a witch's window in, yeah. the, in the tap room over there looking in the production, yeah. so. I mean, besides the pandemic, clearly, any other kind of roadblocks or difficulties of, of just creating the brewery, <laughs> finding a place? Was the city of South, I mean, from, the city of Vermont, from what I can tell, is very welcoming of new breweries. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, honestly, you know, ask about roadblocks. The pandemic's really the only one that sticks out. Everything, but, but other than that, everything's been easy <laughs> compared to dealing with that. Um, but you know, I mean, there's always, you know, there's always things when you have construction. You know, whether it's construction delays. Like, luckily, we were under construction before the pandemic and mm -hmm. didn't ha hit any of these supply chain issues or material costs or you know stuff like that that could have really set us back. A lot. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, other notwithstanding of the pandemic, it's been, it's been fine. You know, I don't think there's anything that I would be like, oh, well, you know, that, you know, that was a real hang up because the pandemic just kind of overshadows everything. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of uh, back, back home in, in Montreal or Quebec in general, it's like guys finding locations that have to literally dig up the ground to create like, uh, you know, to dump bad, you know, Guys like yourself, you can't present a bad beer. It, right. It yeah. puts a bad negative negative connotation on the brewery. So it's like, oh no, I had to create the drain. I had to create yeah. this. Yeah. Well, we did. We so. did have to end up cut. We cut all the floor out okay. in the production area to put in trench drains and hub drains and a new uh, septic, yeah, not a septic okay. system, but new like drainage mm -hmm. so that wasn't tied into the sanitary yeah. in the building and stuff like that. So okay. I mean, we had a decent amount of construction yeah. and everything, but it all went. The guys that we had doing the construction were fantastic. So that makes, always makes it easier when your contractors are, are good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. And I do like places like this that they are more kind of industrial-ish feel. Yeah. Uh, but also I enjoy the tap room downtown. You know, I'm, I say I'm the ultimate Gemini. I love one thing and then I love another, <laughs> but I love them both. So right. it's, it's the balance of the scales really in the end. Uh, what's beer number cool. two? Cool. So here? beer number two is our townhouse. Uh, okay. So it's just a... It's a pale ale, um, you know, no, no dry hop, no nothing, super light, crisp. Um, it's uh, mostly Sultana hops. So awesome. cheers. Toast. That's refreshing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a really good one for a hot mm. day. It's something I can see myself sitting on your patio and, and just having a couple of these as well. In my heart, I start with the lager, but then, then you get more adventurous and you go bigger and bolder. Yeah. It's kind of, from what the two of you gave me, it's kind of an upscale of, of what my flavor, my palate, maybe even somebody new to craft beer, this would kind of be like your, here's your introduction of, of where to go. Yeah, that's kind of how we try to build our flights is, mm -hmm. you know, lightest to most bold flavor. The one, yeah. the one we, the one we're saving for the end, I think you'll get a kick out of. So we'll, I won't spoil the surprise yet. <laughs> but. That's awesome. Uh, you have this pretty standardization of the labeling style. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you decide on sticking with those easier labels and not going like crazy with super designs and everything like that? Honestly? Yeah. 
I do it myself in Photoshop. Okay. Because I, I can't afford a graphic yeah. designer. <laughs> yeah, great. So, so, so that's why our labels look the way they do. Yeah. Um, but you know, we originally we had our labels as uh, just our our colored logo mm -hmm. on on all the cans. Yeah, and we got some feedback from from stores and buyers that you know when they're on the shelf they they all look the same. You can't tell what beer is which, mm -hmm. and so we were trying to figure out okay, like what can we do? Because we do like having the brand recognition of you know you see our can with yeah. the logo, you know it's our beer, and so we wanted to try to keep that brand recognition through the product line without making all of them look the same. And I was racking my brain trying to figure out how to do it, and I was I couldn't come up with it. Couldn't come up with it. And my wife just goes, "Why didn't we just change the color of the hop?" Yeah. <laughs> so keep it simple, right? And like, then so then that's what we've done, and it's been it's been a hit, you know. So that's that's why our labels look the way they yeah. do. But I mean, on the logo too, it's kind of you know, Vermont is the Green Mountain state. Yeah. For those who aren't aware, so you kind of have the the weird window or the witch's window with almost like a hoppy mountain in the background. Exactly. So yep. It's, it's quite uh, unique. It's the, uh, that's what we were going for. Uh, going straight to cans, uh, and you said you do growlers as well, and there's these bigger bottles, uh, but it seems predominantly can-focused. What made you decide to, to kind of go with that? So we have nine taps on, mm -hmm. and anything we don't have in cans, we will fill the, the 3 count growlers up. Um, you know, in, in terms of cans, the original plan when before the pandemic, when we were building out our business plan, was a year, 14 months worth of taproom only. Because you know, we wanted to focus on getting the customer base through the taproom. Because there's so much great beer here in Vermont yeah. and you know, the, there's only so many coolers in a store. So trying to really get a, a shelf space in the cold storage isn't always the easiest. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to really build up that customer base before we just started putting cans on the shelves that people would see and maybe grab another beer that they already know. Unfortunately, with the pandemic and then closing in November, we had no choice but to start canning because we had, we had to get beer out because mm -hmm. we couldn't have the bar open anymore. Um, so that's kind of how we started into the can journey. And so we'll can once a month, two styles-ish. You know, we just try to keep, keep it coming out and we'll do the, the beers that people like and some of the... Uh, the better sellers yeah. and then I which is nice because I have a 15 barrel and a three barrel system back there so on the three barrel I can play around and do taproom only releases of things that you know I know might not sell as well in a store whereas you know I can do the an IPA on the 15 yeah. and put it in cans and those will sell so so yeah we try to keep a good mix of you know taproom only draft only specials mm -hmm. versus the cans very cool uh, your naming convention too it's kind of you know Witch's Brew and things like that. What, what made you decide that and, and so, not the typical or old school style, just pale ale, blonde, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm not very creative, so okay. I go with a lot of pop culture references and songs and stuff like that. So, you know, for the townhouse, the beer that we just had, um, that's named after where I learned to brew. The townhouse is at St. Lawrence because it's, it's a four and a half percent easy drink in pale ale. It's kind of, in the description, it's like the beer we wish we had in college. Yeah. Uh, and then the next beer that we'll have is uh, Reigns of Cashmere, which I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, yeah. but Reigns of Castamere, and it has cashmere hops in it, so that just kind of made sense in my brain. Um, we named the dog Citra, is our 100% Citra hopped IPA, and our dog is named Citra. Yeah. And so that's, that's where that came from. So, you know, it's just kind of, you know, pop culture, just inside jokes. There's a beer that we don't have right now that 
the names is inside joke between my wife and I, and we thought it was funny, and so that's why it's named that. So you know, it's like I just you just kind of have, have some fun with it. You got to yeah. you got to have some fun with it. So let's uh, get to this. Cool. Cashmere. Yeah. So uh, Rings of Cashmere, uh, New England IPA, uh, mostly cashmere hops uh, with some Lotus and Sultana as well. Yeah. So awesome. Cheers. Toast. Oh, nice and juicy. You right. Mm. It's a uh, six-ish percent. Seven. Okay. Wow. Seven percent's mastered really well. It, it's it's incredible what the science behind like just kind of getting at that right alcohol level. There's a, another brewery in Quebec City, and I'm just like, oh man, these beers are so juicy. It tastes like I'm drinking juice. Right. I'm drunk. What's going on? Oh, they're all eight percent. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that'll it's, happen. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, you know, balance. But you know, my kind of philosophy on brewing and how I look at brewing is, you know, make balanced beers. Mm -hmm. You know, I want. It's great to have like, you know, a juicy, you know, floral or citrusy beer, but I still want to be able to taste the yeast and the malt and like, you know, beer flavored beer yeah. for the most part. And, you know, trying to have, and if you have a, a well-balanced beer, you can have a 7% that doesn't drink like super fusel yeah. alcoholy and, you know, stuff like that. So it's a kind of my, my approach to it is trying to make the most balanced beers I can because that's that's what I like to drink. And if I'm not brewing what I like to drink, mm. what what am I doing? So, speaking of brewing, now you said you started with kind of friends in college. Do you remember that one of those first beers you brewed? I do not, but okay. I can tell you it was probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of uh, well, might as well we're going fishing. Might as well just yeah. Put some I mean, you know, just it, it was back before we really understood, you know, oxidation. Like, mm -hmm. why does this beer taste like cardboard after two weeks? Oh, because we poured it from the bucket up here to the bucket down yeah. here and just let it splash all over the place. <laughs> How do we get oxygen in there? You know, so stuff like that. But it was, I mean, it was a great journey and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was something we did on like a Saturday, like all together, hanging out, having a, having a couple beers and brewing a beer. So it was, it was fun. Yeah. And then the first couple of beers that came out of Weird Window? Um, so the first beer I brewed here was called, I remember my first beer. And it was, I, I won't, I don't think I could do it again, to be honest with you, just because I, because we opened in the pandemic and I never really had the opportunity to have the commissioning of my brew system. I was doing a lot of it on FaceTime or over email and, you know, I pump speeds, knockout, like it just everything wasn't where I wanted it to be. And it was, it was super, I knocked out a lot of like hot particulate and like true matter and so the and then the beard it was kind of a sluggish fermentation you know it was just kind of you know growing pains of of the beer and that was that was the first beer that i did and learned a lot from that and i'm much happier with the rest of the beers i'm assuming the reference from beer fest yes yeah, okay yes yeah as somebody who watches that once a year you know i remember yep. my first beer exactly. like, oh yes <laughs> that's awesome um you're still you know i know we're two years since your opening but yep. Um, have you done any collabs? Yeah, uh, we've done, we did one with uh, Black Flannel, okay. who's right up the street. Um, that's the, well, and actually I just did one with uh, a buddy of mine who's a brewer in Syracuse at Talking Cursive. Okay. Um, so those are the two we, we've done so far, you know. It, I'm still the only production employee back there, so it's hard for me to kind of get away and do anything. Um, at some point it'd be great to, to do some more, especially with some some of the other guys that I've gotten to know over the years in the industry in Vermont and other states. So we'll see. It's in the cards. It's just I gotta I gotta get my my time yeah, yeah. better managed. 
Speaking, I, I mean, those two, three dream collabs, whether it be state of Vermont, New York, surrounding, even head up to Canada, what are like a couple of breweries you'd love to brew with? I mean, it's, it's so hard. You know, I mean, there's just so many good breweries I, that, you know, that it'd be great to brew with a lot of people that, you know, I respect and have, you know, drank their beer for years, whether it's here in Vermont or all over. So I don't, I don't know. A anybody, any, anybody that wants to come, give me an email. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to uh, talk to some guys back home and right, be like, exactly. hey, since we can travel a lot easier now versus before, you know, yeah, we have to go back and we have to fill out a Rive can. But to me, that's just, it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's very simple when you're traveling. Don't lie to the border guard and you will very easily get to where you <laughs> yeah, need to go. Yeah. So there's no question about that. Uh, so clearly you're extremely busy. There's no question about it. A little bit. Um, you have a chance to take... You, you finally got an assistant in the back, he tap rooms, everything's in order, all your orders are filled for the next few weeks. You get a week or two, of, and you obviously have a wife, child, and, and a dog, uh, but do. you have those two weeks that you could just take that beercation you've never taken before. Where are you going? Probably Germany. I would love to go, whether it's for Oktoberfest or not, or just to be able to travel around and you know go to Munich and everywhere else through there, like Cologne and, you know, just, it would be awesome. Like to kind of take two weeks and just travel through Germany and drink beer would be awesome. And if I have another two weeks, I also, I also enjoy scotch a lot. So the other one would be Scotland, but that's not beer related. So yeah. I didn't give that answer. All right. I'm, let's say I'm, well, I'm new to weird window today, yeah. but let's say somebody who's completely new to kind of this area of trying craft beer to Vermont comes here, tries your beers, mm -hmm. buy some cans, friends in the area to go try, whether it's grab a can, go eat a meal here to go to these other breweries? So, I mean, in terms of other breweries, just within 15 minutes, you can hit Four Quarters, which is right down the road in Winooski. They're fantastic. Green Empire is like five minutes over in Essex Junction. Black Flannel is uh, new. They opened about a week before we did. Okay. Um, they have incredible beer, incredible food. Um, they're over in Essex Junction. Uh, there's Burlington Beer's new spot just opened up right by Switchback. You know, I mean, like that's what's being in this area of Burlington and surrounding. There is so many good breweries that, you know, it's hard to just just pick one. I'd tell you, come for a weekend and try them all because yeah. they're like there's it's I can't tell you, you know, just a couple like of the breweries to go to. You should really try them all because everybody's doing a really, really great work. And then in terms of food, um, Two of our best friends own uh, the Daily Planet, which is downtown Burlington. Um, we actually, our snacks, chip salsa, stuff like that come from them. So I always got to give them a shout out too, because they're, they're doing great work as well. For If you ever want a really, really good meal in Burlington, that's where I'd go. Hmm. Going to have to check that out at some point. Yeah, as you said, you know, I came here September 2019 by myself and just rented an Airbnb just outside of downtown Burlington, walked went to the archives, I yep. mean, craft beer and video games. Why not? You know, how can you go wrong with exactly. that? Exactly. I did the brew bus tour. I remember uh, his name was Griffin, super young guy. Like, I didn't even think he was legally allowed to drink with us, the way, <laughs> how young he looked. You know, doing the brew buses tours are fun. I know they're kind of the mass produced ones, but, or city tours. City brew tours. Yeah, city brew tours, so I did that. Um, that's another thing, you know, just come here yeah. and I'm sure you're eventually gonna get added to the list of, of that Yeah, we have, we have them, they, they come through, so. so that's, yeah. yeah. You know, if you're a craft beer drinker, there's always something to do in some city. You know, where we live in Quebec, there's very kind of more desolate areas or 
there's a place near the ocean and there's like one of the best breweries in Quebec, Oval, oh, yeah, is, yeah. you know, 10 hours from Montreal. But if you're spending a week on the ocean, you can go drink good right. beer. It's, yeah, there you go. It, it's not hard to find good beer anymore. Yeah, Maybe that's very true. 20 years ago yeah. when I first started drinking when I was 18, so 23 years ago, but it's, um, it's there now. Yep. You know, it, there's it no question about it. It's so easy to support a local company now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't. I. It still blows my mind that some people will just sit there and, and drink a six pack of bad beer when you could drink a six pack of spend you know an extra five bucks. Let's drink six pack of good beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and we need more local guys like you to stick around. And to me, the giant conglomerates are always going to be there. Yeah, there's there's always room for for growth in this industry, and craft beer is slowly getting there. That some articles say otherwise. I disagree personally, but. The fact that more of you guys have opened during the pandemic than closed is yeah. just proof that there's demand. So. Yeah, yeah, there's demand. And, you know, I think, like you said, you know, people like to support local, especially in Vermont. You know, I mean, the the people in Vermont love to support the because they're all pretty educated beer drinkers yeah. and all know like what good beer is and how to find it, and it's easy for them because they can throw a stone and hit a good brewery. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. All right, let's try this last cool. beer. Cool, so here. last beer. This is Cersei's Wildfire. It's a jalapeno cream ale. Okay. So it smells hot, but it's not going to blow your palate out. It's, you know, it's you taste like a fresh jalapeno. If you like jalapenos, yeah. it's great. This has been a very popular beer. People come in and they're like, oh, I don't know, a jalapeno beer. And then we'll get, and they're like, wait, it's actually yeah. good. So cheers. And toast. Yeah, like maybe a little bit. A little we, bit of heat, but... Yeah. It's on a, on a hot day. It's super refreshing. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really good food beer. Yeah. It, you know, it pairs burgers, sushi, pizza, yeah. tacos, yeah. whatever. It's a, it's, it, yeah. So this has been very popular and it's one of my favorites. I really enjoy it. Yeah. To me, I, I think this would go a good pairing with like a buffalo chicken wing. So you got the heat of the buffalo chicken and you kind of balance it out with the yep. jalapeno there. Uh, I actually have at home, um, probably going to have it tonight, a jalapeno lime uh, pale ale. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's... Um, the stuff you guys do now and i don't know if i went to a beer making course and then i figured i don't have the personal i don't even have an extra closet at home to do it right but some guys like yeah i literally cut open jalapenos mashed them up and threw them in the beer and then person the home brewer is like you don't have to do that there's easier ways to do it now so yeah i mean i i cut i do as a half pound per barrel yeah cut off the tip of the jalapeno cut off the stem cut it in half and basically treat it as a dry hop yeah I'm assuming since you're in farm country, but you do also have a brewery dog with your spent grain. Do you make dog treats or does a local so, farmer yeah, come a, lo and... a local farmer comes and grabs it. They're awesome. Um, they uh, take it up. They have uh, a cow farm up uh, north of here. Um, and so they come and grab it and they feed their, feed their cows. They, uh, yeah. they actually have uh, Wagyu cows which are in Japan were traditionally finished on beer. Yeah. So it's like, they like, oh, it's beer grain. It's, uh, so that's kind of a cool little deal uh so i know you guys do events um you know for those who who aren't aware this isn't live to tape it's you know we edit uh but some events coming up in the next couple of months and, and kind of how do you set things up because it is not a gigantic tap room right yeah so um the events we have coming up we have a couple festivals coming up we have the st albans bay brew fest that's next weekend we'll be at taste of new england in a few weekends which is in stowe uh september fest at mad river glen uh, and then I think we have uh, some more music scheduled, but normally what we do, you kind of behind the camera, over in the corner there, we have two of the barrels 
Uh, we move the barrels out of the way and have the music set up over there. And then we open this garage door that's behind the cameras to kind of open the space up. And so that way, you know, everybody outside can hear the music and it kind of allows for the volume to be a little more manageable. Yeah. So kind of having the summertime with the garage door open op almost doubles the space. So, awesome. you know, I was thinking too, cause you know, it's kind of a mix of industrial and residential. What are your happy hours like here? Happy hours? Yeah. If you do a happy we, hour. We, it is illegal to do a happy hour in Vermont. So that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you have a special, you can do a special all day. So. Mm -hmm. You know, right over there, it's probably out of the shot. But uh, Thursdays, we do a $1 off all draft beer. Okay. Friday is a dollar off all four packs. You can run specials all day long, but you just can't run them for like okay. from four to six. So that's actually better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the way I, I think like, about it. Yeah. So, so as somebody who, you know, will go out and grab a meal and, and have a beer and I'm sure Uber Eats is out here too. So oh, anybody yeah. who's kind of dining, just order Uber Eats because you don't have a, a food license. So. Well, no, well, we have a, we just do, you have to have, be able to pour pints, you have to yeah. have food. So we have the snacky stuff, but we encourage people to bring their own food. Yeah. And if they want to support another business and bring the food here, we're more than happy yeah. to do that. Plus, you know, I see dog treats and I saw a couple of dog bowls, so you can bring your pets too. Yep, uh, outside on the patio, mm -hmm. dog friendly. Awesome. You're still very new, but kind of what's next for Weird Window as a brand? You know, I mean, just kind of keep keep growing, keep getting the name out there, keep trying to attend as many events as we can and fill up the tap room. Yeah. You see yourselves maybe knocking down a wall or if somebody opens, let's we, say, next so door we, opens we up. We do have some ability to add a couple more tanks and add another row of fermenters right now um, if, if we wanted to down the line. We have space for our canning line right now. We use a mobile canner. Um, so those are all kind of things that we could do, you know, maybe five, 10 years if the, if our neighbors next door leave, go that way. But you know, we're, we're happy with how, how, where we are right now and where, where we're headed. So, I mean, you're, you're still an infant when you think about it, you're two years oh, old. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. Got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, I see your neighbors next door have uh, some solar panels. Could you see yourselves using some re renewable energy yeah, in the future? Yeah, uh, we're, so actually that our neighbor next door is our landlord. Um, okay. So he uh, and they're they're awesome, and we're he's we're working on getting solar panels up on the roof yeah. so that we're a little more renewable yeah. and not as reliable relied on the on the power. But yeah, we are starting to see, uh, especially in the, the province of Ontario, uh, the renewable energy when creating your brewery is, is a lot higher now because it's clear that we need the planet to be here to enjoy tasty beer. Right. We need the planet to not be constantly on fire to grow good hops and have wheat and yep. all the necessary ingredients. Um, as well, you're kind of surrounded by, you know, a lot of nature. Could you see yourselves doing maybe some wild for, uh, wild yeast out of the area at some point? Probably not, just okay. because I would be worried about having wild yeast and clean yeast, yeah. if you will, in the same facility. Like if we ever end up going next door, I want to start a wild program, I wouldn't knock that wall down. That way you have separate air handling, separate hoses, everything mm -hmm. stays over there for the wild yeah. and then otherwise because if you do it wrong some people can do it well and if you do it wrong then all of a sudden you're a, only a wild bird <laughs> so you know so there's uh that's yeah. i would probably avoid doing that at least for now uh, i mean with the you know the simplicity of beer is it's just you know smallest little thing you don't clean and the beer's done yep so it's the same thing is keep it separate and have make sure there's no cross-contamination right, yeah. at all i so. mean that's 95% of brewing is cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's where I fail. Because I know I wouldn't <laughs> put enough cleaner, and then I would 
do all this work and it'd be like, no, da, 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 or, right. I'd, or I'd serve it to, you know, the, the softball league I used to play in where they just only drink mass beers and be like, here's my beer. Right. It's ruined for me, <laughs> but here you go. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Jack, thank you very, cool. very much yeah, for thank you. Uh, having appreciate us it. here today. Really appreciate, like I said, anybody who's willing to take time out of their extremely busy schedules to speak with us about yeah, their breweries. Happy to do it. Uh, so for those who are looking for Weird Window, let them know where they can find you. So we are Weird Window Brewing. We are in South Burlington, Vermont. Uh, you can find us weirdwindowbrewing.com. We're Weird Window Brewing on Facebook, Weird Window Brewing on Instagram. And yeah, 82 Ethan Allen Drive, South Burlington. Come on down. Love to see you. Uh, as for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.